right, uh, turn in my Bibles, turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings 18, if you would. And let's all stand. We're going to, I'm going to read a text for this last part of this message. Uh, 1 Kings 18, and we're going to begin reading in verse 38. First Kings 18 verse 38 says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is the God, the Lord, He is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up, and he looked and saw there is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea um, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and yet and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not, or let the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for this time we have together. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us each and every day. I need your help every day, Lord. I need you to open up uh, my eyes that I can see. And, Lord, that I can see the things that I need to see and not have to be burdened so much by it. Thank you, Lord, for everything. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Oh, it was mentioned that Ahab was a wicked king. He was. He was an extremely wicked king. I, I didn't finish the story this morning. Uh, I got started off on something else. Um, but I didn't finish the story this morning. I was telling about Nabal and his vineyard. And when Ahab couldn't buy the vineyard, I don't know if I told that this morning or not. I don't think I did. When Ahab couldn't buy the vineyard, so he went straight to Jezebel. 
And he told Jezebel, he said he won't sell it. And uh, Jezebel said he will too. And she got her prophets and they went down and and uh, they did away with Nabal. And he got the vineyard. And yes, he was a wicked king. He sure was. He's a wicked man. That's the reason that Ahab, that Elijah didn't want to stand before him because of his wickedness. And, um, but yet he is, yet he was one of God's men. This is, um, this is why, you know, it, in, in the scriptures, you know, we, uh, at one time, I used to believe that every king of Israel were saved men, but I've changed my mind on a lot of them. Uh, I know Manassas, who was, um, who was set up as a king of Israel. Manassas was a very wicked king, but the Bible plainly teaches that Manasseh was, was not a, was not a saved person. And, uh, so it's, a uh, it's amazing, you know, uh, wickedness is something that comes out of people, you know, and, and, as that uh, little thing I wrote in the church bulletin, uh, Charles Spurgeon, you know, it's uh, Charles Spurgeon talks about how that uh, how that we uh, that that depravity that's in us just grows and grows and grows until you know we become about as wicked as we can get, but uh, and but yet we're Yet the Lord will still save us. He'll still save us, and uh, and and sometimes, as as I've said before, sometimes He permits us to do things for His own honor and His own glory, so that He may show His honor and His glory in us through us, and by what He does. You know, we talk about chastisement. That's one way God has of getting our attention. That's one way God has of showing us, you know, that he is the one to be honored and he's the one to be looked up to. Not not that we don't lean on our own selves, but, but we must lean on him completely. Well, this is what uh, uh, Elijah was showing, was bringing back the honor of God in Ahab's life and, 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 and the people there, the people who were... Ahab was the king of the people, and the people that uh, Joe, that uh, that God, uh, that um, uh, Elijah told them, said, uh, said, you know, why do you halt between two opinions? These were Ahab's people, and they were they were they were Israel, and they were Ahab's people. And when it was all over, I don't I don't think the Bible ever says that Ahab ever bowed down to God, but those people did. They bowed down and they recognized who God was and what God is in the life. You know, it's sometimes uh, I heard somebody make a statement several years ago here, and and they made a statement. They said, uh, they said, well, you know, uh, sometimes you just, you go through your life and all of a sudden it seems like sometimes a big light comes on in your head. And, and you recognize, you know, something that you, you hadn't seen 
y'all, you recognize it as being God working in your life. And, and that's the way it is. And, and so, uh, God had many ways of bringing His people back around. And one of them was exactly what He was having Elijah do. You know, when, when Elijah was greater than those false prophets, when they saw that Elijah was greater with God than those false prophets were, then the people turned to God. They didn't turn to Elijah, they turned to God. And turned to that this is, this is the God of our salvation. This is a, the God of our people. And, and that's what I hope that we, we would do every day of our life, that we would turn to God. We would, we would quit focusing on people and turn to God and turn to God as being the one who needs to be honored and, 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 in every way, in every, every way in our lives. The fire which came down from heaven and destroying of the false prophets had effectually stopped the flood of idolatry and had overwhelmed the land, completely overwhelmed the land. The whole land was, by this one act of Elijah, by destroying those false prophets, changed the whole land. You know, we, we live, we live in a country today that, and I, I do believe, I don't, I don't agree if everything Trump says. I don't agree if everything Trump does. But I'm, I'm, I tell you one thing he's doing that this country needs. He's draining the swamp. He's, he, he, he is bringing out the swamp up there in Washington. Of course, if I've said many times, you know, there's swamps all over the place. Uh, but, uh, he's cleaning out the one in Washington. And, and that makes it, what does that do? Uh, it, it affects the whole land. It, it affects everything. That's the same way it was here with, 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 uh, what Elijah did here by destroying those false prophets. It affected the whole land. And, and did the land get blessed as a result of it? Sure they did. How do we know? Because it started raining again. It started raining. It hadn't rained for three years. And it started raining again as, as a result of it. So the land was blessed. The land was overwhelmed. Because of what uh, Elijah did, this brought those who who were fixed between two opinions now were falling on their knees and praying that the Lord He is God. They're saying the Lord He is God. Elijah's task uh, given uh, by Jehovah God had a had accomplished the plan and purpose that God ordained it to do. Uh, God, God ordained this, all, all of this, you know, we've got to realize nothing happens in this world that God didn't plan it and didn't purpose it. Nothing happens that God didn't plan it and God purposed it. Now we know that Ahab has gone through, Ahab has gone through a lot. Ahab has gone through a lot here. I mean, I'm sorry, Elijah has gone through a lot here, but if for one purpose, that God's plan and purpose may be fulfilled. That's the only reason. You know, we go through a lot sometimes. We have a lot of things that comes up on us, but uh, we we have to realize every one of us here, including myself, God has a plan and purpose for our life, and God is fulfilling that plan and purpose every day. And you don't know when that plan and purpose is fulfilled in you, or that plan and purpose is fulfilled in me. How it blesses other people. 
It's, it, it's a blessing. It, God has a way of getting his name out there, even though we may not want to face it like Elijah didn't want to. Elijah didn't want to face Ahab. That's the last thing in this world he wanted to do. But he knew that God had a task for him to do, and God gave him the power, gave him the, the zeal, gave him the, the understanding, and gave him everything he needed to go and face Elijah. And, and can you imagine how Elijah felt when he first prayed that prayer we, we talked about this morning? When he first just, just, uh, just said to God, I think, let me, let me see exactly how it goes. He says, let it be known this day that thou art the God of Israel. Can you imagine what was going through Elijah's mind when he said that? It's just like we're going to form a circle of prayer here just while. Can you imagine what goes through all of our minds when that's taking place? All of us. When that's taking, what's going through our minds when that's taking place? You know, uh, I've heard some of you brethren pray and I appreciate you, brethren, praying. But I heard I've heard some of you, brethren, pray that uh, uh, if, if if God if God just came down and gave Brother Gary the kidney he needs, what a great blessing that would be for all of us. That would be a great blessing for all of us. And can you imagine when Elijah prayed that prayer when he was going up against eight hundred and fifty false prophets? And he prayed that one prayer to God, said, God, we want to let everyone know that you are the God. Well, how did God do that? God did exactly the way he planned on doing it. He, 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 gave, he gave Elijah the power. He gave the people the power to turn on the false prophets and deliver them to Elijah. And Elijah killed every one of them. Killed every one of them. Slew every one of them. Now, some people said, well, God doesn't do those things. Well, he did. Whether you, whether you believe God does them or not, he did. He did. Elijah's task given by Jehovah, well, we said that, um, the fixed, the fixed ear of the man of God was first to hear the sound of abundance of rain. See, God had promised Elijah that he stopped the rain. He said, it'll start again. But all between those three-year period there, Elijah was worked on by God. And, and Elijah said, said, I know God's going to send the rain back. I know the rain's going to come back. I know it's going to rain. So he sent his servant down. He sent his servant down. He told him, he said, go down to the shore. And he said, see if you see any clouds. And servant went down there and came back and said, there wasn't a thing down there. He said, go seven more times. He went down there and he finally came back and he said, there's a little cloud that is forming. And Elijah knew right then God was getting ready to send rain. And oh, did it, did it, did he send the, the rain clouds? He sent them and it began to rain and it began to rain and it rained. The man of God sent one of his servants to check to see for clouds and his servant found none. But Elijah told him to go seven more times and he went. And on the seventh trip, he saw a rain cloud coming in. It was a glorious gospel Elijah preached to Ahab when he said, Get thee up, get thee up and drink, for there is a 
sound of abundance of rain. That's the gospel. That was Elijah's gospel. That's the gospel he preached to he preached to uh, Ahab. Greatest gospel of the greatest gospel message ever preached. When he told Ahab, he said, "Get thee up and go and enjoy this uh, the, this abundance of rain that's coming in." Great gospel. Well, what can I say to you today? If you're here and lost, I can say, "Get thee up and realize that God is who He is, and realize that God is the one that can save your unworthy soul." That's that's what I can preach to you today. What I can preach to you today, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have God send any fire down from heaven. I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna have God do some of the things Elijah did. But all I'm telling you through the simple gospel message, God has the power of God is in that gospel message that says that if you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you'll be saved. That's the power of that message. The power of the message is not in me. It's in the gospel that God ordained before the foundation of the world. That's what I told a hardshell Baptist one time. He told me, he said, uh, he said, I love to hear you preach on the, uh, preach on the election and predestination, but he said, you don't go far enough. And I looked at him and I told him, I said, uh, I go further than you do. And he said, what do you mean by that? He said, how can you go any further than I do? I said, I go further than you do because I said, I not only believe that God chose a people before the foundation of the world, but I believe he chose a message to be preached to those people. And that was through the preaching of the gospel. I believe that, and, and I believe that that's what God does. And that's exactly what Elijah did here. Elijah preached a glorious gospel uh, to to uh, Ahab, there are times when the presence of the Lord means nothing to people who have determined that they're going to eat and drink and be happy anyway. Do you, you ever think about how much we we neglect today, and we we just neglect it, and we go and you know, I, Rhonda was talking about. Sometimes about people going and paying some place men were talking about down there in, in McDonald's one morning. I went in and was telling Rhonda about it, uh, talking about them going to some place to eat. And it was for him and his, this man said for him and his wife was over 150 to $170 for them to eat. And, R- and Rhonda says, well, why would anybody go to a place like that? I said, they got money. They got enough money to go and pay that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money to go and pay that much to eat. But they had they had that, and they they don't they don't realize that 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 poor man that had a meal today is more blessed than they are when they run off like that and spend that much money to eat. The great greatest message that any poor man can get is God. I'm God's going to feed me today. Just like that poor widow woman there and her son. One of the greatest messages was she thought they were going to eat their last meal before they died. But the greatest message came to her when she went to that barrel every week, every day. And she had that same portion was there. Every day, go back, that same portion is there. And, and, and every day, and what a blessing it was. And when her son took sick, she got her son back. What, what, what more can a person 
said when the woman looked at Ahab and she said, I know now you're one of God's men because you, you showed me some things that I, I, I didn't believe. You know, so that $150 meal or $160 meal wasn't any greater than that poor man who just got a portion because he didn't have anything to eat. I remember you know, we when we lived up in the mountains of Kentucky that my mom would say that we we lived off the road, off the main road, and, and you had to walk a piece to our house to get there to where, where we were. And I remember mom would come in the house there and she'd say, she always called my dad, dad, dad. she would say, Dad, uh, there's a hobo coming. You know what a hobo is? You ever hear that, a hobo? Yeah. She'd say, there's a hobo coming. And she'd tell Dad, she'd say, now go in there and said, uh, we had some pinto beans left over. Said, go, let's go get him a bowl of pinto beans because I know he's hungry. And that old hobo would come and he'd sit out in front of that old house. We live in an old shack, but he'd sit out there front on those steps and that was one of the happiest men you ever as a little boy, me watching him, that's one of the happiest man I ever seen, eating that bowl of soup beans. Eating that bowl of soup beans. You know. But we, we live today, look what Jesus said. I'm getting to this. Look what Jesus said. Now listen to this. For as it was in the days before the flood that they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, and until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Jesus said these days we're living in right now are just like those days were. You believe that? You believe that? <laughs> Ain't nobody loved to eat and drink anymore than I do. He said, he said they were doing the very same thing. The days, you know, people going off somewhere paying $150, for a meal and sometimes driving, you know, and we, we've done it. I've done it with these two right here and, and two or three more, you know. We may drive to Macon or drive to Savannah somewhere just to eat. We used to drive down to, uh, what was it, Jekyll Island or somewhere just to eat. And, uh, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said it's, it, it it's like that today, he was telling them. In that day, it was like that today. Well, it's worse today. You know, people, people, nobody goes hungry anymore. They, they if they go hungry, they go on their own. It's, it's on their own problems that they've had. They, they don't go hungry. You know, they, they, there's something out there that they, there's some way they can get something to eat. They, they have that, uh, what is it, that, uh, meal that place over there in Vidalia where you can go get a meal anytime you want to. Go go get a meal anytime you want to. They have it over there in Vidalia. There are things to eat, but, you know, people people don't rejoice like that old hobo did. That old hobo came walking all the way down that road. It was about a mile. He came walking down that old road there up toward that old house we lived in. And I tell you, I, I remember, I, I wasn't about maybe seven or eight years old, six, seven years old, but I remember him sitting there on that, on that porch, 
on them old steps eating that bowl of soup beans. And he was the happiest man ever was. Well, Jesus said it's like that, and, and it's like it was in the days of Noah before the flood came. Jesus said it's like that today. Well, it's worse today. We're talking about 2,000 years ago. It's worse today. And I want to tell you, folks, we're going to look up one of these days, and we're going to see that fire come back down from heaven. That's right. What does the Bible say? The Bible says fire and brimstone are going to be rained up on this earth in the last days. And we're going to be, we're going to be right there. We're going to be waiting. We're going to be, we're going to be seeing it, and it's going to, uh, uh, I hope it don't happen when I've got me a big stake in front of me. But, uh, but anyway, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to think we got it made. We're going to think everything just as wonderful as it can be. And all of a sudden, it's going to happen. There, there weren't, they were eating and drinking to the glory of God, but for their own pleasure. Elijah preached a rejoicing gospel, for God had done a wonderful work. The sound of a coming blessing calls for a season of prayer and rejoicing. The victory over the evil, over the evil of Elijah's day caused him to, that himself down upon the earth and put his face between his legs. Brother Sam knows what they used to say in the military when they make you do that. But Elijah was so, so overwhelmed, overwhelmed with what was going on, all he could do was sit down and put his head down between his legs. And, and I'm sure it doesn't say that in the scripture, but I'm sure there was tears coming out of his eyes because he'd seen a great thing. He's seen a great thing happen. He saw when the rain stopped. He saw when the rain started back. He saw how the people were before the rain stopped. The reason the rain stopped. He saw how the people were. Now he's seeing people who are on their knees bowing and crying and, and calling up on the Lord and, and realizing that God is who he is. That's all God wants us to do. God wants us to know who he is. He doesn't care if you know who I am. He doesn't care if he knows if, if 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 we know who you are. He just wants us to know who he is. He wants us to know that we're 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 every every ounce of service that we do is worth every every second of it that we take to stop and serve the Lord, whether it's on Wednesday night or whether it's on Sunday. I've learned over the years that the greatest of men in the kingdom of heaven become the littlest among evil men. They do. The greatest of men in the kingdom of heaven become little under among the uh, among evil men. Evil men don't respect righteousness. They don't respect anything. Ahab didn't respect righteousness. He didn't respect anything, just like was said. Uh, after this morning's message, you know, he's an evil person. He's an evil person. He didn't respect anything. He thought he had it made. He had it made. He had a wife that would take care of him. She needed to. She'd kill anybody that tried to get to him. He had a wife to take care of him. He had everything anybody could want. He was one of the wealthiest men of his day, but yet 
Elijah was seeing him even bowing down and recognizing who God is. And, and that's all God wants us to do. Christ came to the earth not as the greatest of men, but he became a humble servant of men. The publican who went up to the temple to pray could not as so much lift up his face toward heaven. God working in our lives will humble us down. It will humble us down. God working our life, it will humble us down. And we'll, we'll get to where we look at James 5. I got something here I want to read to you in James 5. And then I'm, I'm about ready to close out this, this message. I'm, I, I preach any more what I have and that's it. James 5. <clears throat> James 5 and verse 16. Look what it says here. This will be, this is appropriate. I'm doing it now because this is appropriate just before we pray. James 5 and beginning in verse 16. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's not just talking about the preacher. That's talking about you. That's talking about you. That's not talking about just the preacher. You know, we get this ideal that, you know, that the, it's talking about a right. No, it's talking about you. It's talking about you, you, you men that pray, you ladies that silently pray. That's what it's talking about. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, and I could add, and a woman availeth much. Availeth much. We may think we're not much, but look what he says here. Elias, talking about Elijah. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth a sinner from his from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. That's that's strong stuff. That's strong stuff. That's strong stuff, I'm telling you. How can how can we change things? By recognizing who God is. By recognizing not not recognizing who we are. Oh, I got a chip on my shoulder, preacher. I I dare you to knock it off. I dare you to do this. I dare you to do that. That's not the way you get the attention of God. It's not, you don't go around where people have to walk on eggshells because they're afraid they're going to break one of them. You know, you can't be where people have to be afraid to, that they're on thin ice every time they get around you. No. No, a thousand times no. You know, if we humble ourselves down, and if we if we recognize who God is, God will bless us. He'll bless us tremendously. We've got a revival coming up in about a month from now, and God will bless us tremendously. You might say just like Brother Troy, Brother Troy had me shouting Amen over the phone when he he was talking about the. 
uh, people who were coming to his church down there now. I don't, I don't envy, I don't envy a thing about Brother Troy. I thank the Lord, you know, I thank the Lord that the Lord's blessing him because I'm seeing, I'm having these preachers call me. Had a preacher call me the other night and he said, I know you may not want to hear this, but he said, it's the truth. And he said, I think I'm going to tell you. He said that he went over to David Collier's church the, other, the Sunday before that. Said they had six people. This was a church that was running 40, 50 people. They got six now. You know, and Brother Troy and I were talking about it last night. I told Brother Troy, I said, we're blessed. I said, we've got congregation to preach to. He said, I know it. And he said, I just don't understand why other people God is not blessing them like he does me talking about himself. You know, I'll tell you folks, God will bless us. Elijah prayed, as, as, James, as, as James says there, he prayed that God would send rain and God sent rain. It is a, it, 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 it's ta- it, it takes a promise of God being fulfilled. To bring us to the throne of grace with power in our words. God, I have seen it, and I know you will answer prayer. I know it. I know I've seen it before. I've seen God answer prayer. God's answered prayer in my life many times over the years. He's answered prayer in my life. I'm going to tell you folks something. I didn't even tell Ron to this. I got up the other morning, I couldn't see a lick. I couldn't even see the television. And I sat there in my chair at 5 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it was 4.30. 4.30 in the morning. I said, Lord, let me be able to see today. I've got a lot to do. And by about 8 o'clock, my eyes started clearing up. I was able to go back there and work on this message. I know God will answer prayer. God, I know God will answer prayer. I know he will. God's little cloud can spread over the whole sky and bring more than enough rain to his people. Don't get despondent at little things, for they can turn into great things. The few loaves and the small fish can feed a multitude. Can feed a multitude. Jesus said, whosoever... Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. And the Father may be glorified in the Son. Not you be glorified in the Son. The Father be glorified in the Son. Not you. Not you. If you're looking for glory, then you're not going to get it. If you're looking for something special, you're not going to get it. If you, if you bear up them sheds and say, I'm a special person, you know, you got to recognize me as a special person, you're not going to get it. It's not going to work. As Solomon said, men like that don't, don't prosper. No. But if you look to hold up a great God, then that's when, that's when the blessings are going to come. May God help us to see the truths of his holy word. And that's my message.